All right, we just want to welcome everyone to the second episode of No Pyro, No Podcast. I'm Daniel Dad Johnson, and today we have with me Derek. Hey, how's it going? And then our special guests today are former, former Jackson Armada Under-23 player, players, Elijah Howe. How you doing, Alex, everyone? And Alex Arides. What's up, guys? Thank you guys for taking the time out of your busy schedules. I know you both got a lot going on. Alex, you think you played last night. Um, so we're just going to have a little discussion with you, find out what's going on with you right now, talk about your time with the Armada, and then from there we'll uh, throw some other stuff at you. So, Derek, if you want to start out. Fire yeah, away. so you, you guys uh, you guys aren't actually from the U.S. Uh, Elijah, you're from Australia. Uh, Alex, you're from Cyprus. Um, how did you guys get involved with the team? How did they find you? Uh, I'll go first, Al, if that's mm-hmm. right with you, mate. Um, so I, uh, I originally like started uh, coming over to the States just to, to play college up in a small school uh, in Delaware. And then after a, a year or so, I decided to transfer down to the University of West Florida. And the, uh, the coaching staff there, and the school's based in Pensacola, which is out on the Panhandle, and uh, the coaching staff there had already been acquainted with uh, Tommy, uh, obviously Tommy K, the head coach at the Armada. And um, they kind of just said, hey, do you want to play ball this summer? I know we haven't been playing much because of COVID and stuff like that. It might be good to get some more games under your belt. And so they kind of just recommended me from there. Um, I, I called Tommy up and uh, he was kind of like, oh, I was just about to, to call you as well and introduce myself. So it kind of just clicked from day one, and and then uh, that was in 2021, and um, yeah, this first day there, just just loved it, loved the environment, and knew that if I was going to keep playing summer ball over in the states, it wasn't going to be anywhere else. Nice. So what about you, Alex? Uh, pretty similar for me. I was playing for um, the University of Memphis my last three years of college, and I was supposed to come play for the Armada. In 2020, I believe, when uh, when COVID hit and uh, the whole season uh, ended up canceling, so I didn't end up coming that year. Uh, my assistant coach actually brought me in touch with Tommy, my assistant coach with uh, from Memphis. Uh, he said that there is a team in uh, Jacksonville that used to be pro, and they're uh, they're planning to go back to the pro leagues, and it would be a good environment for me to uh, stay sharp in the summer and. Uh, and play and I couldn't deny it because it's a good I heard it's a good environment. I spoke with Tommy and I was really excited for it. But uh I wasn't able to come that year because of COVID and then next season uh Tommy hit me up uh to see if I was still uh interested to come play. So I came uh and played for that season in twenty twenty one and then also uh this past summer twenty twenty two. Nice. So you guys mentioned you guys were here in twenty twenty one. You guys had a really good season. You went 12-2, and two, finished top seven in the NPSL overall standings. You had uh, 37 goals scored, which was the the second highest, if I'm not mistaken, for the, or third highest in the NPSL. Pretty solid season, but then you guys go loose to New Orleans in the first round. Like, What was your thoughts coming back the second year in 2022? Um... Well, I mean, the the first year was obviously a real learning curve. I think that particularly like coming off that that COVID kind of period of time where the team like had never been together before, you know, we had our first day of training 
Uh, I remember I was there. I was one of the only people to be there in, in May 1st, 2021, and our first game was on the 3rd or something like that. And um, it was just honestly like a bunch of guys who have barely kicked a ball with each other. And um, But you could just see that everyone, you know, everyone loved the game and everyone was, was talented enough to be able to, you know, I think get a, we got a win in our first game um, away from home against Tallahassee. And it kind of just spitballed from there. But we kind of, I think that having that year of chemistry under our belt for 2021, we were really confident coming into into 2022. And I think some of the new guys we brought in, um, you know, were excellent as well. You know, bringing in uh, like Mark Berkland in the midfield and Mason Tunbridge, you know, just to really help solidify that as well. And, you know, the, the list goes on for all the names that Tommy was able to bring in that really just helped create so much depth for the side. And, um, yeah, I think from day one we knew we were winning the league and we're going to try and go all the way. Yeah, man, uh, I agree. I mean, we always felt, even though we had a good season, 12-2, and two, um, we all felt that the season ended. Uh, it was kind of short, you know. We wanted to go all the way and everybody knew that uh, we had the potential to do it. So uh, it gave us motivation to come back for another season in 2022. And we try to do that. I think we're undefeated. Uh, but yeah, I'm, I feel like we're all on the same page. It's such a short season, like two around two months. And uh, Tommy does a good job bringing in players that are really good on the field, but also that are, are good people. So we get along with each other when we're not training or not playing. So that's really important. So the chemistry is good throughout those two months. And uh, I feel like all the players look forward for the summer season, even though all of us want to go home and spend time with, my, with our families. Um, we choose not to do that and come play for this team because we love the we love the atmosphere, we love the the city, and it's just there's nothing better we we want to do during the summer. I'm gonna follow up on that, Alex. You mentioned um, just then about you know, the, the chemistry and the, the players that Tommy brings in. Mm-hmm. Um, how has that compared to, you know, other places that you've played before as far as, you know, Tommy's player selection and also, I, I guess, to, to add on to that, you know, his style? Yeah. How, is, how, does, how does that differ? What do you like about that? No, I feel like the most important thing is that whatever you do in life, you got to enjoy it. And for us, soccer is, um, is our favorite thing to do. So as long as we're enjoying that, we're always going to be happy. And also, um, chemistry is really important. And all of us are pretty um, in a similar situation in our lives. We're all either college players or just finished uh, playing college and want to look for a pro career. We all have the same or similar goals. Um have the same lifestyle so that's just makes it easier to get along with each other um but also the the coaching staff tommy his assistants nathan richard santos are great people that make you like it just makes you happy being around them is the environment and the vibe in the locker room is really good i've been in a lot of teams that there is one or two people or one or two things in the locker room that might ruin the whole mood and to give you an example, like we'll have so many good players in our team in the summer that Tommy will have to do a rotation each game. And for example, if I if I was going to score one or two goals in a game, 
the next game, I knew that I was going to be on the bench just because there's someone as equally good as me that needs to play. And if I was in a different team or in a different environment, I would probably re- I would probably be really pissed that I'm sitting on the bench after scoring one or two goals. But I know, I know Tommy has a good plan. I know he has a, a best plan for the team in his mind. So we trust that and the vibe is always good. It's not We're, not, we're never going to go against what he says or against a, a teammate. You know, we're all on the same page and we know how everything works. Great. Good stuff. And Elijah, what about you? I know probably Alex probably hit on a lot of what you were going to say, but uh, do you have anything to add to that? Yeah, I think that, um, I think that honestly, Alex hit the nail on the head, but I think with, with regard to Tommy, he's, he's a really humble, humble coach. And I don't think that sometimes he really lets on of how, um, how much of a tactician he really is and how, how, how good he does at helping the players buy into his vision and, and, the way that we want to go about business. So like moving forward with his side, like it's actually quite incredible looking back on how he's kept everyone happy and how he's managed to get a really successful season out of, out of us. And I mean, that, that speaks, it speaks measures to his, his player management. Um, I think he does an amazing job of really just kind of creating connections with each player and helping them understand exactly what, he needs from them and, and why, uh, you know, rotation and stuff like that is so important for us, particularly in a, in a summer season where we might have a bunch of games in a row or, you know, the, the weather takes it out on us and stuff like that. So, yeah, I think that he's just done an incredible job. And I think that for me, like compared to all the other teams that I've been in, a lot of the side um, are international students and, or, or not so much students, but like some of some may have graduated or most have had played college in the US. And I think that being genuinely away from home um, to, to be part of a project in a time, like Alex said, where we could be home um, really just kind of helps us all link together and just gets us all on the same page. And I think we all know that we're there for a reason. And then uh, again, I think Tommy did a fantastic job with the American boys that that were brought into the side. They all like we all assimilated perfectly. It really just couldn't have gone any better. So yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, because I know at the end of the year uh, player awards at um, in uh, 2021 and 2022, that was kind of spoken of. You know, Tommy mentioned about how he you know he he looks at people on character and things like that, and and to hear you you know affirm that is, you know, it really backs that up, um, you know, because we, we hear that said, you know, you know, like in a situation like that with the awards and things like that, but to hear that from both of you um, really, really, really affirms that. Um, and as fans, we can see that, you know, in, in the, the group of guys, the, the character that you guys have and, you know, the, the appreciation that you showed us and, you know, we, we, you know, give that back in, in, you know, in bucket loads. So, um, Good work with that, and you know it's 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 amazing to be a fan of the Jackson Automata. We've been at this for quite a long time, and we've we've had the last two seasons have been some of the most fun seasons that we've had in the what what's coming up in almost ten years. Yeah, well, yeah. Spe- speaking of fun, let's uh let's start diving into the twenty twenty two season. So, you guys start away at Tallahassee, you guys. Uh, Go in there probably expecting to beat them. Um, they come out, they get a fairly early goal, get one back, they get another one, and you guys get one back at the end. Um, 
what was the atmosphere on the ride back in the next week after that game, knowing that the next game you have Southern States, who is probably the team that you guys are probably looking at as your biggest rival for the 2020 season on who would win the league? Um, well, for me, from my perspective, again, like it's really interesting how the MPSL season kind of is structured out. So I was still at school during this time, and since uh, Tallahassee was pretty close to Pensacola, I I drove down the night of the game, um, played, and then drove back. And like this was without uh, coming into contact with any of the new boys on the team, never never touching a ball. And I know that the boys that had been training had um, it was mainly made up of uh, like we had a lot of younger players as well who were getting their first starts and stuff like that, which was awesome. But I think that there wasn't a whole lot of nerves or worry after the fact. I think that during the game we showed like so many opportunities to win it six, seven, two, something like that, you know. Um, and not taking credit away from Tallahassee scoring their two goals earlier on, but um, I mean, I think we demonstrated later on in the season just how many we could put past them if we were if we were on. So I think that going back. You know, I wasn't on the bus ride home, but I can imagine that it was wasn't too uh, wasn't too grim or dreary at all. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, um, it was definitely disappointing not getting the win in the first game of the season. But I believe it's the only game that we we miss points, if I'm not mistaken. I don't I don't remember if we had another loss or a tie, but um, we definitely knew that we could have gotten more out of the game. But first game of the season, you never know how it's going to go. It could go either way. And it's also after a couple of days of training with each other. And I mean, again, Tommy is a guy who played the game and he knows the psychology of a player and how everything works. And he made sure that we don't get too low in our losses or ties and not too high in our wins. So we definitely felt like we could have gotten more out of the game, but it wasn't a sad ride home. Like everybody knew we're on the same page and we knew that we'll have another game next week to go and show what we got and get a win and that's what we did it's funny because we have a lot of friends who are tallahassee supporters and uh you guys really got their hopes up um <laughs> with that first game and then uh, i think their their season kind of uh, fell apart not, not too long after that so uh anyway yeah. yeah so yeah and also alex scored a first goal of the season uh for the team and then idu i believe uh, uh had another goal later on in the game yeah so, and then you guys play Southern States, both Edu and Alex score again, went to nothing. All of a sudden you uh, go to Florida Roots, which is in Panama City, win 1-4. Then you got Pensacola, win 4-1. And all of a sudden it's Memorial Day and you guys are heading to New Orleans. Um, what What's that road trip like for you guys? <laughs> well, um, the 2022 season, I think, was was strictly kind of business um we we decided to set up shop at a hotel just you know a little outside the city um and i mean the road trip's obviously very long but um you know we get going pretty early and go the night before so it's not terrible um i think it's like a nine hour drive eight eight hours or something like that um but yeah i think that we kind of uh for that that game, particularly since it was the first time that we would be facing New Orleans since they beat us in the semi-final the year before, uh, I think we were all like really focused that we were going to try and win this one uh, comprehensively. 
And, um, yeah, I think we just went out there with only one intent to win. We didn't, you know, New Orleans is known as a bit of a party city, but I don't think that was on many of our minds going into it early until after, potentially after the game, you know. So I think that we came into it with a really good mentality, that's for sure. Yeah, for sure, man. I mean, uh, we felt like we had some, not not a, I wouldn't say revenge, but losing to them the uh, year before, we just wanted to make sure that we'll go out there and have a good performance and um, win that game. Uh, and that's what we did. Nice. So then you guys uh, follow up that win. You, with an away day at AFC Mobile, you went to nothing. And Alex already um, mentioned it, or Elijah mentioned when you guys are on, you can beat anyone. And you guys had a 7-1 drumming against Tallahassee, which I believe in that game, Elijah, you uh, <laughs> you, you stepped up for a PK, if I'm not mistaken, I right? I so did, uh, yeah. what, was that planned? I didn't allow that. <laughs> I mean, it was planned in, in the moment, I guess. In the moment, so, yeah. Yeah, it was, uh, it was real funny. You know, I was like, well, we're up 6-0. It's the 90th minute. I don't get too many chances at scoring, so I'm just going to pick this up. And then Alex was like, hey, man, I uh, I am nearly top scorer. And I went, yeah, oh, okay. yeah I really well, I really man. wanted it. I really wanted to get my, <laughs> my goals up. But so I did. And, and then we did agree. I said, okay, you can take it, but let me pass it to you. So we do that, you know, we do that cheeky thing that yeah. Yeah, you, don't yeah, see, yeah. you don't see it often. And then Elijah said, well, I'll pass it to you then. Yeah, that, exactly. that was your seventh goal in the season in, uh, what, one, two, three, four, five, in the seventh game. So you're at that point averaging one goal a game uh-huh. for, for the team. Yeah. yeah, I just had I had to be really selfless, you know, Derek. You know me, <laughs> all for the boys. Oh, yes, sir. Su- such a team player. <laughs> <laughs> Always. I wasn't, I wasn't going to get too much out of it. Uh, you know. Took one for the team. Exactly. So, yeah. Good job. Okay, so let's uh next you have uh Florida Roots. You guys win four three. It's actually Roots have not been one of your uh biggest competitors over the last couple of years, but then you, they come out and you get a few goals, they get a couple back. It's kind of a back and forth game. And then mm-hmm. the following week you guys are at uh, uh Foley, Alabama for Pensacola that it, I don't know if you guys remember, but I remember being in the parking lot uh, for about two and a half hours for that game to start. Uh, yeah. What's it like for uh, sitting through a lightning delay like that? Uh, it's just, I mean. It's not fun. Yeah. You don't know whether it's going to be canceled or anything. You're like, you kind of just want a decision to be made, but you know that one can't really be done yet because there's so much logistics that have gone into organizing the game. And it was, yeah, it was just kind of like, all right, well, can we just get on with it? Like, we kept trying to convince the refs that the lightning had already gone, but they had like a they had a whole tracker thing going on, so we just had to sit around, which was a nightmare. But yeah, and that field we that, out there. that that field was really waterlogged. Uh, there was one side <laughs> where you just couldn't go down the right side at all, and let, uh, and if you did, the ball would just die. If, yeah. if I remember correctly, yeah, yeah, no, hundred percent. We had to avoid that at all costs. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a, like, it's a tricky situation, you know, just waiting for hours to see if you want to play. Then after that, players get frustrated or tired, you know, then, and then that might affect the result. But 
we were able to get the win and still perform in that weather. So that's the most important thing. Yeah, if you remember that game, that's that's when we didn't even go inside. We just stayed outside at the fence. Uh-huh. Um, and I think it was one of the most unique uh, fan experiences I've had since uh, since you know the Armada started. Of just yeah, I'm not sitting in metal bleachers. Uh, I'm not standing in metal bleachers with that type of lightning going around. So yeah, yeah. good call, very good call. <laughs> that, that was a business decision right there. Yeah. <laughs> uh, for sure, the fact the fact that you guys still made the trip, knowing the the weather, and you guys still waited to. Um, to be there, you know, it means a lot and it shows um, it shows a lot about the team and the fan base behind it. Yeah, well, then... honestly, that that was my favorite away day uh, of 2022. Um, we found this bar called Scuttlebutts down there in Foley, and we had a blast. There was about like 20 of us deep, and then would, like some some of the people stayed in Pensacola the the same night, and then uh, Dan and me were in a van ride back to Jacksonville, like right yeah. afterwards. Yeah, jeez, yeah, was, that's commitment, right there. Yeah, it was a, it was a crazy night. And the funny thing was, is their their supporters group went home before that's the match crazy. even started. That's crazy. Not one supporter. Yes, they did. Yeah. No one supporter. <laughs> we say group. There was like two, I think. And, uh, yeah, they they left uh, before the match even started. So that's just kind of how we roll. No, exactly yeah. right. Nice. So you guys are in the thick of it. It's uh, the last couple games of the season. You beat AFC Mobile one nothing. Then you guys go to Southern States away. Um, the game last year, which was the last game of the year, they beat you guys 3 nothing. had a red card with a keeper. Um, like, what, what was your thoughts going into that game, knowing that you already had the league wrapped up? I mean, uh, I think looking back to the, to the year before, I think it again kind of went towards, um, you know, Tommy's, Tommy's tactics and stuff like that heading into the playoffs, you know, um, he really just kind of tried to rest a bunch of a bunch of guys before that that game in the final game of the season for 2021, and we were actually playing you know pretty well up until you know had the keeper sent off after 15 minutes, and then it kind of went downhill from there. So I think that um, moving on to this season, that we knew that sending a statement that you like you guys can't just beat us at your place every time, like. We're not just like home, like, you know, home field warriors. We'll be able to knock you guys off at your own field as well, especially heading into playoffs. I think that that, I think that that kind of put something in their mind as well. Um, you know, and we came out of that with a, with a comprehensive result, knowing that, you know, going into playoffs that these guys are going to not want to see us again. So I think that the, even though we had the league wrapped up, um, we, we wanted to stay top of the, top of the nation as well that was a definitely a big driving factor for us yeah for sure i mean games like that um when you know you're uh you you're first even though you might lose uh can be uh tricky and play uh, players might get like complacent or like not as focused or motivated but we made sure that we wanted to show that we still wanted to win that game against um a tough opponent and make a statement so that's what we try to do and i believe it worked out well from a uh, supporter's point of view their uh fan base is a little i guess you would call smug um <laughs> it'd be, be a kind word of kind way of putting that how um, how, how yeah okay that, that's another good word thank you very much um 
how what what is what is what is their team like uh, when you're when you're facing them on the field? Does that carry over to them as well? Is there a little bit of arrogance um, from their side? Do you remember that? Yeah, um, I I think that I think that they know that they're a good side. I think that they know, that especially like particularly individually, they know that they're good footballers. I think that we didn't tend to see we didn't tend to see them with much like arrogance or smugness mainly because I don't think that they were ever in a position to do so. Like they were never throughout the season, they were never leading against us. And I think that when that occurs, any team that you come up against tends to get, get into you a little bit. But um, I just don't think that like, and I don't, I, I, you know, I applaud their fans for, for trying to, to keep that smugness when they're losing, but I don't think that their players are as naive and just kind of tried to focus on playing footy um, which was good for us because I mean it just made the game the, made the game a bit better um, not having to you know have a I mean it's always good to have a bit of back and forth but I think that both teams respected each other enough um, to kind of leave a lot of that out of it yeah I mean I agree with what Elijah said um, they definitely have some um, confidence for sure I don't know if it's arrogance. At some point, maybe it turns into arrogance, but I don't. Be, maybe they they have that um, against different teams that they know they can dominate, but they didn't really dominate against us. They have some good players, they have uh, uh, some good facilities, good coaching stuff, but I don't think they were able to show their arrogance against us. And if anything, we're able to humble them. So, yeah, we have one thing they don't have, and that's uh, Tommy K. For sure, our secret, <laughs> yes, we- our, our secret weapon. <laughs> Honestly, like I, the they were a solid team in 2021, and then they went out and got two of New Orleans' top players, uh, Mason yeah, Walsh and exactly. the other guys. So they they were definitely, I thought, a legitimate like on field threat to compete with you guys mm-hmm. nationally. So um, yeah, it's you you guys did great. You beat them both games in, in the NPSL league. You I think you guys were five or or five or seven points clear, I believe, of the of winning the conference. Yeah. Going into yeah. the playoffs. And then you guys had pencil you guys were top seed in the NPSL. So now you're uh six one game uh six uh six games from winning it all. First game on the uh list was Pensacola. Um, Dom had a mistake right at the start. Uh, unfortunately, they get a goal in like 15 seconds. You guys fall down 0-2 after about 15 minutes. Um, you get one back before the half. Um, I, I just uh, remember uh, um, um, Ethan Dudley coming back at, out after the locker room, and it in pretty much he got we got this in such a demeanor of like oh shit like i don't know what tommy just said um but these boys got the message and you guys ended up coming out and winning 7-2 um, yeah <laughs> in that second half i i almost ran out of smoke in the stands so like I, i'm curious what what was the mood going into the locker room what did tommy say and like tell us about that whole game well, I mean, I'll start, Al, if you want. Um, yeah, you can start. That, I mean, that first game, 
you know, obviously Dom was real unfortunate just to, to have a little little mistake, and that can happen to any keeper uh, at any time throughout their career. I think we've all seen. I mean, you saw the, the Borussia Dortmund keeper yesterday against Bayern Munich. So it can happen at any level, any time, and I don't think that was any reason for us to get our heads down. Um, and so, you know, we were still, like, really confident after that happened. And then moving forward, I'm, we had a couple of chances, and then they just scored on their one other attack in the half and we were somehow down 2-0. Um, but I think with this team, no matter what, like even if it was 4-0, I don't think I don't think we ever felt like we were being outplayed or outclassed or anything like that. So I think that there was always a real confidence there and as soon as we got that goal before the second half or before yeah, before half time, we just knew that we were going to steamroll past them if we just kept the momentum going. So I think that that was kind of like what Tommy alluded to at halftime. He knew that the system was working. He doesn't, he doesn't, wasn't angry. He doesn't get angry in the in the locker room unless people are really you know mucking about. But very calm headed, knew exactly what we needed to do, and and I think we went out there and absolutely executed it to perfection. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, in soccer, there's two 45 mini halves. They won the first one. Uh, we won the second one by far. And in games like this, you just gotta stay positive and stay patient because um, if you stay patient, and your chances are gonna come. It's a matter if you're gonna take them or not. And I believe that's a game that Cal had a hat trick. And it's really important if in games like that you have good individual performances because if the team, if the majority of the team is down or things are not working, then you th- you need someone to step up and uh, uh, do something special, you know? And that's what Gao did that game. And if I'm not mistaken, the next game, we're also down, and we did come back in the last uh, five minutes of the game. So it's something that we're able to do because of the quality of the players and also because of the quality of the coach, who's also always positive and tells us exactly what we need to do and where the spaces are and where the ball needs to be played in order to get a goal. Yeah, yeah, so you're alluding to the next game. You guys had uh, Southern States at home. They go up a goal. And then um, got Cole Reason over on the left in the 55th minute. He sends a, I don't know if it was a cross or a goal uh, or or a shot on goal, but. It was it, a cross. It, it was a cross for sure. It was a cross for sure. Okay. <laughs> He's uh, claiming I, I it as a shot. I haven't had a chance to confirm that with him. So it's, He's uh, claiming he, it as a shot, but he, he can claim it. If he scored it, then he can say whatever he wants. Okay, yeah, I, I, I wasn't there. I, that was like the game I missed for COVID. Like the first time you guys win a trophy and like I, I'm not there. Like That's Cole crazy. gets that goal, then Gio just his speed on that right-hand side, he forced them into making a mistake and then nets for the second goal. Um, yeah. And then Alex Smith got his uh, uh, got a goal um, right at the end to win uh-huh. 3-2. So yeah. it's center yeah. back thrown at striker and goes and scores a Messi esque goal is what you dream of. Hey, he he's got a shot on him. I was watching him. He uh, 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 he plays at Georgia Southern and watched him against UNF and he uh, beat his one goal beat UNF this year. Really? So yep. yeah, he he had a nice little like shot from about twenty five yards out. Yeah, he has yeah. he has some speed and he can also shoot so. He's a good, um, you know, center back. Sometimes when the team is losing, coaches throw the center backs up top. He can be a threat. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah. And then the the next week after you guys win, you actually you guys won. Let's let's talk about that southern the Gulf Coast Conference. You guys win the first trophy in Armada history. 
I, I like. I know you guys are branded as a U23 team, which I don't like that at all because you guys, from a supporter's uh, standpoint, you guys have been our first team the last uh, – um, even before COVID, COVID, uh, bef- before 2020 at, um, and the COVID season, you, they were playing at Patton Park. You guys have had the first team attention from the fans. Mm-hmm. So I, I count your guys' trophy as not a U23 trophy. This was Armada's first trophy. How, how proud are you to be the guys to actually get that over the hump? I mean, yeah, it's unbelievable. Um, it was certainly our goal going into the 2021 season, so it was a bit um, it was a bit disappointing, obviously, to come out in the semi-finals. But last year, we just we had it on our on our list from day one, and it was just it was a kind of a sense of relief and fulfilment that we were able to actually get it over the line and do it. Um, but the funny thing was is that it was kind of like. I don't want to say it was short-lived, but we were just all so hungry for more after that as well. So, um, you know, I think that it, it says a lot about about the club, the coaching staff and the player personnel that we have that, you know, we're going to keep pushing for all kinds of trophies, all kinds of titles, no matter what, um, until we can't anymore. So it was amazing. It really was fantastic. Yeah, for sure. I mean, in any level, any division or any level of soccer, winning a league is or winning a trophy is huge and it's just like um a reward for all the hard work that the players put in and also people like Tommy, Nathan and Richard and all the people in the background that have been there for years and uh do everything they can to provide for the players and the team and it's just a small reward for them to to win a trophy and have something to lift up at the end of the season. Um, yeah, it's a really good feeling. I think we lost Dan. Dan told me he had a comment real quick. Okay. <coughs> All right, so I'm going to jump in just because I don't hear Dan. So, um we move on to Naples, the next game. You guys uh, get an old friend coming back in Giovanni Brown. Uh-huh. He's, uh, and he ends up getting the first goal of, this, uh, of the game. They go up one nothing, and then you guys uh, come back and win that game 3-1 um, against a very good Naples team who Naples has, uh, even when we were a professional team, the NPSL, they beat professional sides. Like they, they are traditionally a very solid team out of South Florida. Mm-hmm. Um, what was your thoughts on that game? Um, and uh, yeah. Well, I, uh, I unfortunately was doing a big road trip moving house at the time, um, the day before. So I wasn't even able to, to play that game. Um, so I had the stream up and everything and I was even wish that I could have been in, in the stands just to experience the atmosphere. But, um, you know, I was watching and, and saw us, us go down, but was still just completely unworried and unfazed. And, you know, I saw, I saw their, their, you know, they were obviously a good side, but I don't think that they, um, had the overall depth. Or, or talent level that, that, you know, I was watching our boys have on, on the field as well. So, um, you know, I had no doubt and, 
we did leave it a little late, but I was really uh I was really proud of the boys watching that on from from back home. Yeah, I mean, I think it was a pretty similar situation with the Pensacola game. We went uh we were down in the halftime and again we kept our patience. Uh, coming in the second half, and I believe Mark tied it up like with ten minutes to go, um, and then he had another goal for the win, and or Jed scored the winner, and then Mark scored another one. I'm not sure, but it was a similar situation like uh, with the Pensacola game. We just stayed patient. We knew that we were gonna get chances. It was just a matter of uh, time, and yeah, we made it work. Yeah, all I know is, uh, if I'm not mistaken, that's the game that Mark had that famous uh, speech after the game of, uh, we don't like to lose, so we oh, don't yeah. lose. <laughs> that was it, that was it. <laughs> that was a classic. Became, yeah. became a meme now. Yeah, yeah it, it, I, I think we need to make a poster of that and uh, For sure. yeah, just oh, keep it up. <laughs> yeah, he said, was... he said we, just, we just don't like to lose, that's it, we don't mm-hmm. lose. So we don't lose. Yeah, we don't lose. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, magic so, for sure. That's great. So and then uh, there's one more game. You got the the South Conference Final. You guys play Tulsa Athletic. Um, Elijah, I believe uh, you flew back for that game uh, uh, <laughs> from Michigan. And uh, Alex, unfortunately, you weren't able to take part in that game. Yeah. Uh, from uh something from the Naples game. So um tell us tell us a little bit about that game, guys. Yeah, I mean um so I was really excited to fly back in um you know cuz this was this was going to be a, a like the biggest game that the club had been involved in in for a, for a long time. And so we were really excited coming in um and pretty much throughout the entire first half we created chances and we we did dominate most of the ball um they had two two good forwards they played in a 4-4-2 they had a really big strong athletic guy and then a really fast um a really fast nippy technical guy up front and um they both did pretty well in the first half but didn't really they didn't really cause us much trouble either um I think that overall it was relatively even. I think we just had a lot more possession. Um, and then that kind of carried on into the second half as well, up until um, I believe it was about the 70th minute. You know, we had the ball pretty comfortably in our in our own half and um, one of our players has tried to clear the ball down the line and one of their guys has just kind of like jumped, as you kind of do to try and block a ball, and it's just gone square off his back, crossed into the middle. And it's put poor Cole Reasonover, who's um, not the tallest guy on the team, up against their six foot five uh, athletic forward on the six yard box in a standing jump off, um, and the guy's just absolutely buried ahead of top corner. And so that kind of felt like it summarised how the day was going for us. I mean, we had a lot of chances that we could have scored on, but then just like just probably the most unlucky thing that could happen to us. Um, happened in the 70th minute and um, yeah and then I think a few minutes later um, you know we were pushing numbers forward and then they were kind of having a counter-attack and it was you know it wasn't the most dangerous of counter-attacks but they just kind of squared the ball across at the edge of the 18-yard box 
And this guy who's probably touched the ball four times all game has just stepped onto it and laced it into the bottom corner. And so I think that 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 span of about five or six minutes just really summarized the entire game for us. And I think that a lot of the season we created our own luck um, just through just through playing really well. But today, it just it, that day it just didn't really come up for us. You know, it just didn't happen, unfortunately. And so that was that was really disappointing. You know, that is such a defender's answer to only talk about the their goals, man. I, I really thought that their keeper stood on his head that match. Like there was three goals I thought that we had, especially there was one from Reed Davis that uh, was a beautiful curler in the in the top right bin that is a goal any other night in the NPSL and even some professional leagues in the U.S. That it's just it it was yeah. definitely the the scoreline did not reflect, in my opinion, yeah. what happened in that match that game. For no, sure. I think that he. I think that he. Honestly, you know how I said earlier on that it felt like no matter what, whether we'd be down 3-0, 4-0, we we felt like we could come back and score. I think that that keeper's performance actually put a bit of self-doubt throughout the side because he was just, like, so on fire. Like, he was dead set, just a brick wall that game. Um, I don't think he could have played any better. And so, like, you see all these chances that he's saving and you go, well, we should be up 5-0 right now. Like, what's happening? And so when they got two goals in five minutes, it just kind of, I don't say, I wouldn't say it demoralized the team, but we knew that even playing, like, at our absolute best, creating all these amazing chances, unless it's literally a tap-in on the goal line, we don't have any sure things. And so that was just, yeah, frustrating for sure. Yeah, I mean, for me, it was really frustrating not to be able to play. Uh, it was probably the most important game of the season. Um, I got a, a red card the previous game that I believe I shouldn't have gotten, and it it just took me it took away the chance of me playing. It was really frustrating, but I mean, I, I was I had trust in the guys a hundred percent. I don't think they dominated us uh, in any part of the game. We had our chances. Uh, and it's it's a rule in football. If if you can't capitalize and, uh, and take your chances, then the ball is going to punish you, and that's what happened to us. Unfortunately, I think they had um, it was maybe two or three minutes that I wouldn't say was switched off, but they took advantage of two or three minutes of them taking their chance, their two chances with a bit a little bit of luck, and that just um, changed the whole game and the result unfortunately mm-hmm. okay so we, we talked about earlier you know about Tommy's style you know in the locker room and and you know remaining calm and you know and not you know letting you get too low when you have a loss or getting too high when you uh when you you know you have mm-hmm. a win what was what was the feeling amongst the group that you know it's over for this season it ended there um what was the feeling of the locker room uh after the game uh, disappointment, obviously. I mean, but I think that um, I think we were all really proud of how far we'd come. Um, I think that we knew deep down that we could have won it all, um, which is obviously something that we'll never be able to get back um, until you know, obviously the next season. But yeah, I think that everyone was just really not surprised, but 
pleased at how consistent we actually were throughout the year. I mean, it was kind of it was pretty impressive for us that that was, you know, we only needed to win three games left, not including that one. Like if we include that one, we only need to win two more games, and we would have been undefeated for the entire season. And that's not just like draws; that's winning every single game. So I just think you guys that, had a fourteen win game, or fourteen game winning streak. Yeah, and I think that's, that game. Just, that's just unbelievable, really. Like, and I'm not sure how many teams could have done that. I don't think any team in the MPSL could have done that besides us. Um, and I think at the end of the day, we were just disappointed that that kind of circumstances all kind of came together at once, you know, or everything, not necessarily everything that could have gone wrong did, but I think that it just was Tulsa's, it was just Tulsa's day and it just happened to be that day and sometimes that just happens in football. So we, we couldn't have been too hard on ourselves, I'd say, but um, obviously, you know, disappointing, but we were ready to, we were, we were still, you know, really close and ready to keep working as a group in, in future seasons. Yeah, for sure. I mean, Football can be cruel sometimes. Not always the best team wins. and It was just an unlucky situation, unlucky game. I think it was the only game in the whole season that we didn't manage to get a goal. And we lost that game, so that just shows a lot. And yeah, I mean, we were definitely disappointed after the game. We knew we could do more. We knew we could go all the way. But that's football. That's um, that's how it works. Sometimes you win, sometimes you lose, and yep. Sure. So the twenty twenty two team, Armada team, uh, where does that rank? And and of all the teams that you've played on, where 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 did the where does it rank for you in experience and and the the overall experience and just the the, the camaraderie and 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 the, the performance as well? Where does that rank for each of you? Yeah, I mean, for me, at least, I think that, um, you know, going through everything, so, like, to start off with the, like, the camaraderie and the atmosphere in the dressing room, it's the best team I've ever been on, no doubt in my mind at all. Um, I think that, like, there wasn't one person who kept to himself. You walk into the locker room and everyone says hi, no one's, like, keeping to himself. Um, you know, everyone's really just there for each other and everyone, even like if it was someone's first session coming in immediately just assimilated into the team. And I think that speaks volumes of, you know, the kind of character that we had in each individual. Um, and then in terms of performance, uh, performance wise, depth wise, skill wise, again, I think it was the best team I've ever been a part of. Um, I think that like everyone on the team, you could tell has, not only been watching football and playing football for a long time, but they're trying to emulate players at the highest level. And I think that a lot of people or, uh, you know, you see a lot of players sometimes just trying to be a bit robotic in a sense. And I think that a lot of guys on our team were trying to copy particular players. Like I know that Alex idolizes Ronaldo and Alex would try and play like Ronaldo. And you can see that in his (laughs) in his game style and no. in the way that he would try and create chances for himself. But for me, I would like, I would look for, you know, I would, I would try and play like 
you know, I follow Man United, so I would want to try and play like someone like Varane or Martinez, and I'd try to emulate things that they would do in a game. And I think that the way that Tommy had structured the team and the way that he had set up the formation just complemented everyone unbelievably well. Um, we had a bunch of players who loved being on the ball and everyone wanted to be be on the ball, but also just to, just we wanted to be playing nice-looking football. And I think that Tommy did an amazing job of putting the players together to execute that, and I think that the depth there was incredible. For sure, for sure. I mean, I played in a lot of teams uh, since I was young. Um, maybe my most proud moment was representing my national team at U17s and U19s. Uh, but playing for Armada is definitely, uh, is definitely up there in terms of uh, being proud to represent the badge and the city and also like having fun because the most important thing for me is to enjoy the game and uh, have fun while I'm playing. And soccer is also a game of psychology. So if, um, if your mentality and your psychology is up and you're confident, then you're going to play at the best of your abilities. And that's how I feel whenever I play um for Jacksonville and yeah really happy to be a part of the team in the last two years and that's one thing that we that we said at the uh, the year in player awards was that you know you're part of that armada story and you know we're, we're so happy that you were able to to take part in that I hope we see you know have you both in the future um it's been a great experience for us from the from the fan side and um you know, it was um, just amazing to, uh, to to be a part of it. And you guys will always be part of the Armada family. I appreciate that, man. Yeah, I really so, appreciate that, Dan. So, guys, you guys, uh, you guys had a very deep squad. And you, you've mentioned that part of Tommy's strategy was pretty much 18 deep every night. He, he would use all his subs and just next man up. We're, we're replacing with someone just as good as the person leaving the pitch, but they got fresh legs. Um, two of the guys on the team have moved to professional uh, teams. One is Mr. Alex Arides, and the other one was uh, Ethan Dudley. How many people on that team do you think will play at a higher level than the NPSL? Jeez, I think that um, I think that in general, everyone on the side has the talent and capability to do so. I think that honestly, it'll just come down to two particular things. The first being drive, um, whether that's actually something they want to do. I mean, I know that a lot of guys weigh up their options. I mean, um, like if I was gonna, if I was one of the boys and say I was in med school and I'm coming out of school and I'm gonna earn four hundred k a year. Do I want to do that or, you know, play soccer for a lower contract? How much do I really want to be a professional footballer? So I think that that's something that goes through a lot of the guys' minds. And the second thing is trying to stay injury-free. I mean, a lot of the guys have have struggled through injuries in the past that were on the side. Um, We were lucky to have everyone pretty much healthy the entire season. But I think that it just comes down to those two things. If everyone can stay fit and healthy and then, really keep pursuing that that goal of, of playing professional football there's so many opportunities here in the u.s um you know with with all the the great professional leagues that we have like the nisa the usl you know mls next mls like there's just so many options that um that are there for the taking so i'm sure that if anyone on the side wanted to like pursue that um like alex has or, or like i'm trying to do at the end of my college career this year 
then I'm I'm sure that that's what's going to happen. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I honestly believe that every single one um, has the, every single player has the ability and what it takes to be a pro. It's just a matter of um, putting in the work and if they actually have the desire to do it. And and it's also, to be honest, it's not just putting in the work. It's also a matter of timing and um, circumstance, circumstances and connections because, um, like, in these days, if, you're, uh, if you don't have anybody to help you and promote you as a player, it's really hard to make it. Uh, so I definitely believe everybody has the ability and what it takes to go to the next level. I'm grateful that um, I have a team now. I'm really happy to be playing professionally and uh, hopefully a lot of other guys will be able to do that And because I believe they truly uh, deserve it. Nice. nice. I, I, I really do think there was a lot of guys on that team that are going to play at a professional level. Um, mm-hmm. Some of the ones off the top of my head, like Ido Cumbra, um, Mason Turnbridge, I think, are going to be solid professionals for years to come. For sure. So, um, but you guys, you guys captivated the city. You guys were beginning of the year, maybe two to four hundred people showing up to the matches, and then by that Tulsa game, there was easily probably about two thousand at the match. And you guys qualified for the Open Cup by beating um, Naples, and even though. We only had, I think, one guy from that team that was a, a regular in the on the team. Yeah, we had last J- year. J- Jed and um, um, who else? Micah played for us. Micah, games, Micah, yeah, he was Micah. Too as well. Micah yeah. and Gavin also played for us sometimes. Yeah, so they they've they, they they've put so three guys on that team were only were the only ones able to play in the Open Cup, but uh-huh. the the cities kind of rallied around the team again like we the we were at unf uh just a week ago or two weeks ago and there was 3500 at the game mm-hmm. yeah, uh, wow it, it was a it, it was a sound that i haven't heard in uh for the armada in probably about four or five years and honestly it's partly because of guys like you that laid the groundwork the last two years building the momentum and putting in the work for the city so we we do appreciate everything that you guys have done for uh while representing the armada uh, we appreciate yeah. you guys too being out there every single game even if it's seven eight hours away you guys were there and it just means a lot and it shows that the team has a really good fan base behind it for whenever they go where they deserve to be in the pro leagues it's really important to have a good fan base behind them so that's great and no, absolutely. To, and thanks to you guys, like I said before, you're part of that story, and it's a, a story that continues, and uh, we'll be continuing this uh, coming Tuesday uh, down against our old foe um, in Miami. So uh, we're going to wrap up with a couple of uh, fun questions because this is all <laughs> kind of serious. Mm-hmm. Um, I think think Derek had a couple of things up his sleeve, and I'm trying to come up with a couple of things right now. Yeah, let me uh who who was the who's your all-time favorite soccer player and who do you try to emulate your game around? Oh, Alex, did I answer this one for you, brother? Yeah, he already <laughs> answered it for me. I mean, yeah, growing up, the first time I watched Ronaldo play was in the 2004 Euros when uh Greece won the Euros uh against Portugal. 
And right after those Euros, Ronaldo signed for Manchester United. So ever since I was five or six years old, I started watching Ronaldo and looking up to him. Uh, so growing up, he was definitely my idol, looking up, look, like looking up to him and trying to copy him during my games and do whatever he does. But there is many players today that I look up to and that I enjoy watching and try to do what they do. Like, um, obviously, Neymar, um, Vinicius Jr., um, this young player for Napoli, Georgian guy, Varashkelia, he's a really good player, nice winger. But, yeah, I just enjoy watching the game and players that play my position, so that's it. And um, I think uh, I think for me, I mean... I uh, grew up a United fan, and so Ronaldo was always just just it for me. He was my number one, the number one player that I always, you know, just loved and adored. And um, naturally, as a centre back, I can't really try and emulate Ronaldo. Mm-hmm. So well, no, I, I, uh, I can see the similarities <laughs> in your game. <laughs> yeah, I think, great. I think awesome. you guys might have the same height. Yeah, true. Exactly right. That's same it. height. That's what we're going for. Um, but yeah, so I um, when I I mean, I originally played central midfield up until I was about 13. And so from that point on, when I transitioned into a centre-back sweeper, I was looking at a bunch of older players, kind of like Lota Mateus um, and players like that who trying to run the run the game from the back as a sweeper. Um, but particularly when I've transitioned more into the role that I was with at the Armada in the centre of a back three, um, I was watching players... Uh, I was watching players kind of like Ruben Dias and uh, and John Stones for Man City when they were in their alternate roles. As much as I dislike Man City, um, that style that they were playing with with Pep Guardiola really was similar to the Armada, and so I kind of wanted to see how I could optimize my role. But in currently at the moment, I'm playing um, in a, in a four four two at Michigan State. So on that left side, so I you know I've absolutely loved watching Lissandro Martinez come in for Man United. And although he's a bit smaller than me, um, and is like probably like a bit more uh, a bit more of a technical guy, I uh, am really trying to like focus on on his types of distribution that he's finding and and how he kind of surveys the field and, and moves with the ball and when he decides to hold on to it and stuff like that. So I'm pretty blessed to I think we're all pretty blessed to be able to watch the players um, so easily, you know, these days just whenever at a click of a button. So um, yeah. that's kind of who I'm after. Yeah, I'm going to sound like an old man and say, back in my day, you know, you you had to get one of those giant satellite dishes, you know, the big, huge, twelve foot ones, and with the motor yeah, and stuff long. like that. Yeah. yeah. Okay, let's cover the old man stuff. All right, so you've both been away from home for a while. You know, you've been here stateside. What's the one food that you miss from oh. back home that you can't get here? Easy. Okay. Souvlaki. It's kebab. Yep. Yep. Kebab. Yeah. Or or uh, gyro. You know, you know. Yeah, I tried. Yeah, I tried to direct you to a couple of places here in Japan. Okay. Yeah, a lot of people yeah. call it gyro, but it's gyro. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's just <laughs> <Yeah>. Americans. Yeah. <laughs> what about you? Uh, well, funnily enough, Australia doesn't really have like a. Um, we have a cuisine, but we're so multicultural that. Sure. I actually. I miss the Chinese food in Australia a lot of the time. I could agree with you on that. Yeah, I've had, I've had Australian food. Or Chinese food in Australia, it's completely different. Chinese food yeah, is different every, every place different. in the world. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's actually sure. quite unbelievable how different everything is. But when I like from just like a normal standpoint, um, I'd have to say that I really just 
I do miss the uh, we we eat kangaroo in Australia, oh. and although it's not something that you'll have a lot, and but it's something that like I'll always have when I get home because it's so something you they're can not get protected out there. They're everywhere. No, they're yeah. actually a uh, they're actually a pest. So yeah, once a month in my city, once a month they have to get a bunch of the um, like we don't have we don't. We have hunting, but not really. Like it's not like America, and we don't have guns. So they get licensed professionals to go and cull two thousand kangaroos a month. Is it true that uh, you? Is it true that you had to uh, ride a crocodile to school when you were (laughs) were a kid? Uh, I I wish, but I'm too far south in the country to do that. That's just for the kids up north. Yeah, every every Australian I know always likes to tell those stories. (laughs) Yeah, no, it's hundred percent true. Yeah, I rode a crocodile to work, to school and all that stuff. <laughs> uh, Derek, you got anything else? Yeah, I, 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 I don't even know how to follow up that now. So, um, <laughs> no, I was I was going to ask, uh, what what was uh, your favorite food spot in Jacksonville while you're here? But I don't even oh. know if we can go there after Kangaroo. <laughs> no, I've got – Al, you can go first and then I'll go. Uh, you can, if you have one, you can go because i got to think. Okay, so – my uh, my lovely girlfriend Joanna would take me to this place in Riverside called Corner Taco, yep, yep. and it is unbelievable because they it's not just like a it's not like really just a standard Mexican place it's just like a taco place so they do General So's chicken in a taco, yep. and it is unbelievable like and they'll just do like a bunch of different ones it's like really it's quite affordable like nine dollars for three like real big tacos and it's just like. So quick, so easy, such a great comfort food, and I'd go there so often. Um, just so nice, yeah. Whenever I'm in Riverside. Right, what about you, Alex? Did you come up with something? Um, I'm thinking right now. I mean, uh, there is a lot of good spots that I had. Um, there is this one. I don't remember the name of it, but it was like a Mexican restaurant. We went a couple of times, Elijah. I don't know if you remember. It's like on the. Oh, I know on, what you're talking about. It's a, it's on a street. Um. Like next to the beach, right on the beach. Oh, I know, I know what you're talking about. I have no idea what it's called. I'm thinking like Casa Maria or Casa Marina. Might be, might be. Yeah, but that and then um, Dos Caras. I'm not sure actually, but I don't remember the name of it. But yeah, it was pretty good. Actually, Dan, I need to change my answer because this is this isn't necess- this isn't just a Jacksonville did, thing. Did the girlfriend I- leave the room? <laughs> <laughs> but I want you guys to know how lucky you are. Up in Michigan, we don't have Publix, and I miss pub subs. Oh my so god! Much. Yeah, 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 yeah. We, so we have, Derek and I had one at the tailgate before the before the last game. That was a mate. A, they a, are a tailgate, they're, they're tailgate so good. No, I mean I'm lucky now because um, in my apartment here in Savannah, there's a Publix like. 500 feet away so that's awesome lucky lucky boy i'm on the yeah i'm one of the pops at least once a week yeah elijah next time you are in town i will get you a public sub just just let me know i know you got family uh still here so i'll be there in june brother so okay well you just talk to you then you just stole my next question i was wondering when we're gonna have visits because uh alex already uh was already here for the uh first u.s open cup game so he's already had a visit back When, when do we plan on seeing you yeah, so I um, I so as soon as my season finishes on the twenty fifth of April, I'm heading back to Australia for three weeks to do sort out some visa stuff, um, and then I will be coming back and I'll be heading down to Florida in 
the early stages of June. So I'll be going to Orlando and then coming up to Jack's for a week. Um, we're going to be popping in to make sure I at least get one Armada game uh, and see all the boys at training in that. But uh, I'll definitely be around. I'm looking forward to seeing you guys uh, face-to-face again soon. That's awesome. We'll, we'll put that on our schedule. Well, that's... Um... Perfect. We we hit we actually just just passed the one hour mark. So I uh, want to thank you both for your time, and you know thank you for for the you know the time that you had here with us. And like I said, you are part of the Armada story, and that story continues. And maybe who knows, you might end up being a part of that uh, in the future as the Armada continues to uh, to grow and change. So um, thank you yeah, both. Wow. So can't thank you both enough. That'd be great. Thank uh, you guys for having us. Thank, thank you, you so guys. much for having us, guys. We Almost really Armada. All right, so that's the end of episode number two uh, with our special guests, Alex Reedies and Elijah Howe. Thank you both for your time, and we'll see you guys when we uh, bring out the next podcast. Take care.